Welcome back, leading women. I'm coming on today to say I was wrong. Kind of. You see, way back in episode four, and several other episodes, and a mini-course, I've talked about finding your purpose. The title of that episode was, Is Finding Your Purpose Nonsense? And after describing the Moms That Lead definition of purpose, the combination of your strengths, values, and passion, I concluded that although it was a nauseatingly overused term, the practice of finding your purpose wasn't in fact nonsense. And although I still stand by that answer and the content of the episode, recent learning and my conversation with Whitney last week has made me realize that some clarifications and practical application steps are sorely needed. It's my hope that this will help you to enhance your career well-being, which, as we know, Gallup defines as liking what you do every day. It's also my hope that you'll continue to be convinced of my deepest held belief that there are unique gifts inside of you, that your family, your community, your workplace, and really, the world needs. By the way, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, you're missing out of some really valuable advice for your life and career well-being. So go do that right now. Also, another note, if you were expecting to hear Sarah Odlin today, that episode will be coming up in a few weeks. We had to do a little bit of rearranging. So right after the introduction, I'll jump into how I messed up and share learning that is incredibly helpful on the journey to make the impact we desire as leading women. But first, here's a little bit about me and Moms That Lead. Are you feeling stuck in your leadership or life? Like each day is a repeat of the one before it? Is your health and well-being suffering as a result? Or maybe you're feeling like you finally have the opportunity to make the impact that you've been longing for, but want to make sure you're honing your leadership skills and focusing on your well-being so that this high will last. Either way, I'm here for you. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder with over 20 years experience developing others toward their full potential. At Moms That Lead, we know that leadership is not about position and that moms have a unique ability to lead and inspire others in all of their circles. We're here to help you thrive so that you can make the impact you long for in your workplace, community, and family. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt, and activate your strengths. Let's jump in. Okay, so before I jump into the clarifications, let me give you a little background about where my recent learning has come from. There really have been three sources, and two of them are connected. First, I've had the privilege of being enrolled in Tara Moore's Playing Big program for the past several months. If you haven't read it yet, I strongly encourage you to check out her book by the same name, Playing Big, as a start. The program that I was part of was well worth my investment, as she is incredibly gifted at bringing the concepts from her book to life, as she empowers women to do the inner work and skill development necessary to overcome challenges like self-doubt and start playing big in their lives and career. Second, I've recently got to know Dr. Claudia Bini, the founder and executive director of The House of Shine, a place where leaders come to grow. We're working to get her on the podcast soon. Her book and podcast by the same name, What's Your Shine, have led me to some of the realizations I'll share today. And finally, listening to Claudia's podcast made me aware of Cal Newport's book titled So Good They Can't Ignore You, Why Skills Trump Passion and the Quest for Work You Love. 
my conversation with Whitney Hawthorne, highlighted in our most recent episode, and the desire that I shared in episode four to avoid becoming just another purpose or passion peddler, attracted me to this book, and my only wish is that I had read it sooner. I'll link all of these resources in the show notes, and I encourage you to check them out, as the few mentions that I give today really don't do them justice. So let's get into where we were wrong, kind of, and then talk about how an enhanced way to think about purpose can guide your career and life. So myth number one that I might have caused you to believe, and that is everyone has one and only one purpose. Now, I didn't necessarily say this or really even mean it when I talked about purpose in episode four, but with so many people telling you to find your passion or purpose, I could see how you might have thought I was saying that. The reality is that as we journey through life, we encounter many motivations for and opportunities to make an impact. Tara Moore calls these callings. Notice that that's plural. And she defines them as the inner assignment that an individual receives to bring light and love into the world in a particular way. She talks about how these might be in small ways or big ways, and that each calling has a life, a birth, and a time when we might need to let it go for a different calling. She talks about how we think we only have one calling, and that leads us to a place that when it's time to move on, we get disheartened saying, hmm, I got it wrong. I thought that was my thing, but it's not. Similarly, Dr. Claudia Bini uses the word contributions and frequently states the House of Shine's core belief that every person has many unique contributions to make in their communities. Kel Newport demonstrates through the stories in his book the danger of the passion hypothesis, which he defines as the belief that somewhere there's a magic right job waiting for each person, and if they find it, they'll immediately recognize that this is the work they were meant to do. He shows how this belief often leads to chronic job hopping and enduring feelings of confusion and lack of fulfillment. So I definitely wanted to clear up that myth that we each only have one purpose. The second myth I'd like to clear up is that before you do any work, you should lock yourself in a room until you figure your purpose out. Then you'll be able to find the perfect job and your work will be pure bliss. Now, I hope I've made it clear before that I don't believe this. We've talked about it in episode 51 when we discussed if there was enough meaningful work to go around. I believe that when you're grounded in who you are, or at least have an initial idea of your strengths, values, and passion, or what gets you fired up, that you can find ways to make almost any work meaningful. As we discussed on episode five, when I introduced our leadership development model of ground, grow, give, I believe the work of grounding yourself, growing as a leader, and giving of yourself to make an impact on your community is an iterative process. Like I described it on that episode, kind of like you're on a spiral staircase where you keep going through the phases of ground, grow, and give. Both Cal Newport and Tara Moore reinforce the iterative nature of finding meaning in your work. Kel, who talks about finding a mission to unify your work, talks about what he calls little bets or mini projects that take you less than one month to complete and which can create a concrete result related to what you think your mission is and get feedback on it. Tara Moore talks about the practice of leaping, engaging in leaps. Now, not one big leap, but many little leaps 
that are many projects that get at the essence of your calling, that put you in contact with your target audience, and that help you to answer one or more questions you have about that particular calling. So again, as you see, it's not about putting yourself in a room, figuring everything out, figuring out your purpose, and then looking for meaningful work. But instead, it's much more iterative. Okay, so if you're not supposed to lock yourself in a room and find your one and only purpose once and for all, what can you do to find more fulfillment in your vocation, whether that be your career or as a leader in your home and community? Here are my current thoughts after learning from these gurus, not in any particular order. My first thought is that we have to have time for self-discovery. Yes, I still think that there's tremendous value in getting to know yourself. The activities in our ground phase or in the B phase of Dr. Claudia Beanie's Be, Do, Share method are incredibly helpful for finding meaning in your work and for motivating yourself to adopt habits that will help you to grow and thrive. In the B phase of her Shine method, Claudia offers a very easy-to-remember framework that complements our ground phase activities very well. In her book and in House of Shine's exhibits and workshops, She takes you through each letter of the word shine. So your self-discovery should lead you to find your S, strengths, your H, hobbies, your I, interests and irritants, your N, needs, and your E, your life experiences. But, and this is a big but, no, not the kind from that song, this self-discovery does not need to happen before you start building skills. In fact, Kel Newport talks about finding a mission to unify your work much later after you've built skills that are rare and valuable. So you can have a tentative mission to guide the work that you seek out and then use that work to test out and refine that mission with his practice of little bets. But you need to have patience and build mastery before you can access the best ideas for this mission. Our guest last week is a perfect example of this, as she chose jobs for the skills that she was able to build, instead of for any position or title. I've found it incredibly helpful when women can gain some base understanding of what makes them unique and what motivates them, like learning about their strengths, as we talked about many times, and looking at their past successes and using that to shape their approach to their current work. Which gets us to the second idea I've learned for thriving in your career. But first, if you want to get started on this little bit of self-discovery, take five minutes to think about these questions. What do I know about what motivates me? What am I good at? What type of tasks come easily to me? What tasks do I enjoy the most? Once you have answers to those questions, let's move on to my second thought about what we should do in order to find meaningful work. My second thought is that we need to be intentional with the experiences we choose and make the most of them. No matter where you're working or leading, taking advantage of opportunities to build what Kel Newport calls rare and valuable skills is very important. He talks about taking a craftsman approach and becoming so good that others can't ignore you. And he talks about using deliberate practice to develop these skills. Whitney from last week talked about always delivering more value than she was asked for. And we've talked in the past 
about focusing on honing your strengths with every opportunity that you're given. So these are some ways that you can be really intentional about using whatever opportunities come your way. And you might want to ask yourself these questions. If I had to write down a tentative mission for my why, for my work or leadership, what would it be? What is my motivation for that leadership and work? What skills do I want to build? Where are there opportunities in my current job or leadership role to work on them? What do I want to learn more about? Where are quick and easy opportunities that I can take advantage of to learn in the next couple of weeks? And finally, my third thought, be attentive for opportunities to improve your world. Using Tara Moore's calling definition, what are those opportunities you have to bring love or light into the world that pop into your day in big or small ways? Are there commonalities among the opportunities that you feel drawn to? Another good place to start is looking at what Dr. Claudia Beanie would call your irritants. What do you want to see changed in your community? What frustrations motivate you toward action? How can you use your strengths to make changes for the better? She also talks about the point of intersection between your interests, your talents, and a need in your community. So say, for example, I have an interest in baking, and one of my top talents is positivity, and I see a neighbor down the street who is really struggling. A simple point of intersection might be right there, and maybe I take advantage of that and bake her some cookies. Now that's a small example. You may see many bigger examples in your life as you think about this and make sure that you're attentive to what's going on around you. Okay, so I guess if I had to sum it all up, we've kind of ended where we started. Ground, know yourself. Grow, make the most of the opportunities that you have to develop new skills. And give, be attentive for opportunities to positively impact your world. But do it regularly, repeatedly, and know that it's an iterative journey. Until next time, lead with love.